Hello and welcome to another episode of Cardigan Files. Once again, you're joined by Jasmine and Dana. And in this episode, we'll be talking about a book that we've currently read, All the Lonely People by Mike Gale, as well as what we've been reading and watching over the summer holidays. This was a book that I don't know how we actually came to read this one. It was suggested. It was suggested by Amber, who is the coordinator of all of our book clubs, and she had recently um, read it um, while she was coordinating our book club with um, attendees of our book club. Is that what they're called? Yep. And they loved it, and she recommended it because it went down well with everyone. And we thought, radio. Yeah. And again, Mike Gale is an author I haven't heard of. No. But he has written a number of books. Yes. And obviously a best-selling author of a book called Half a World Away, which I haven't read, so this is the first book by Mike Gale. Yes. Um, Should we talk about what the premise of the book is yep. without spoiling it? And then we'll go in to mention some spoilers because... Yep. Um, if you have read this book as well, you'll understand what we say when we're saying that we can't not mention the massive plot twist towards <laughs> the end of the book. Yes. Um, so I'll just go through a bit of the yes. synopsis of the yes. book. Yes. So a book is current day London. Yes. Um, and it features, it mainly centres around a gentleman called Hubert Bird. Now, Hubert had come from Jamaica. Yes. Um, and he, so he came to London for work, looking for work, ended up marrying a local girl and living there for the rest of his life. Uh, so Hubert's now, I don't know, he's about 80? In his early 80s, yeah. early mid late 80s, yep. yeah. And he has two children. His wife has passed away and he, one of the great joys in his life is talking to his daughter who is in Australia. So each week she calls and Herbert will tell her about what he's been doing in the week. Well, it turns out that Herbert was lying. I would disagree with you about whether he was lying. I just feel like he couldn't live. So... It turns out he's talking to his daughter about all the things that he's been doing during the week. And it, oh, yes, in reality, he ha it's all a lie. So he keeps mentioning these three people that he goes out with and does things with, and they don't exist. No. In reality, Herbert is by himself yes. in his home and could go days or even weeks without talking to a person. So when he's heard that his daughter is coming to visit, um, he starts to panic and think, oh, she's going to find out that I actually have no friends. Yes. So he's now on a quest to make friends quickly. Yes. So he could show his daughter that he wasn't actually lying. Yes. One of the great things about this book is that the chapters interchange um, talking about Herbert's life in current day England. Yeah. And then um, once you've read a chapter that focuses on that, the next chapter flashes back to a moment in his life 
like Dana said, when he first um, went to, uh, migrated to England, met his wife, got married, had children, um, dealt with his wife's um, death and that kind of thing. Um, and one of the things that it mentions in the flashback is that his daughter um, only took the job and migrated to Australia if she, if he, sorry, promised to her that he would still um, keep in touch with his friends and remain social and active um, in that regard. So uh, a big thing about his, him wanting to find friends before his um, daughter arrives back in England is so then he didn't let her down and um, he didn't want her to worry about him and um, to realise how lonely and um, his life had become without her because obviously then that would place a lot of guilt on her for leaving him alone. So yeah. that was a big, big premise of the book and also in today's climate is very... Um, well, I think relevant. Yes. yes. That people talk about loneliness and it being a pandemic in some ways. Yes. That people are becoming more isolated. Yes, and realising that... Um, the, the value of human connection, not only through um, the internet and social media, but that, that there is great um, value in having um, face-to-face conversations and yep. um, you know going out for a meal with people who are close to you and that kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. So with Herbert, his wife has passed away, one daughter in Australia, and he's estranged from his son, mm. who happens to be an alcoholic. So he does spend the days by himself and in some ways it, it talks about loneliness that Herbert doesn't actually realise he's lonely. Yes. Which kind of made me think, um, how can you not know you're lonely? Am I lonely? And I started to think about myself, well, am I actually lonely? But how could you be lonely without realising you're actually lonely? Hmm. So I'm not, still not quite sure about that. If I don't think I'm lonely, am I lonely? Mm. I don't know. There's one part in the book where um, he goes on to befriend his neighbour, Ashley, who is a beautifully sweet character. I loved her. And um, she would be in her early 20s, um, who had uh, moved from Wales to England to follow a a man who she fell in love with. Um, had a child with him and the relationship fell apart so she is by herself in London yep. and um, she hugs him to thank him for um, I think looking after her daughter Yeah. and that, I think that that's when he realised that he had lost touch physically yeah. with people and he couldn't remember the last time where he had been hugged by someone Yeah. and it's his um, you know beginning the re- friendship with the neighbour that actually starts to um, generate more interactions with other people. Yes. And the two of them then talk about loneliness quite a bit and they realise that other people are lonely as well Mm. and then they start a campaign to end loneliness in Bromley where they're living in England. Yes. And this campaign really takes off. Yes. You've got social media and you know what really started with two of them has ended up as a real community initiative yes so in that way it's great um you know herbert starts to make new friends Mm. 
he starts to reconnect with old friends as well. Yes. Which was interesting that yes. he had lost contact with them after his wife had died, um, but he started to uh, initiate contact. So that was yes. that was nice. I think something that's surprising for Herbert as the story develops is even though he, um, during his lonely periods, wants to portray himself as a very grumpy, secluded person to the outside world, when he starts to make friends and to go out into the world again, he is a very caring, gentle yeah. man who has an absolutely yeah. great smiling personality. Yeah. 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 And I think Herbert starts to realise that he can still contribute to society, That's right. to the community. Um, he's still got a lot to offer. Mm. So, yes, I thought that was a nice point. And... Yeah, reading the book, it's a very easy read, it's beautifully written, and I loved 80% of the book. <laughs> Why didn't you like the 20% data? Do you want to start talking about that? And then there was a plot twist plot that just twist. blew me away. Well, this is a spoiler alert here, but the plot is the pot, plot twist is that his daughter is actually dead. Yes. So he's having conversations in his head with a daughter who has died five years previously. Mm -hmm. And so she is not coming to England um, to visit him. And, you know, he doesn't, didn't need to do anything that he did do, you know, reconnecting with the neighbour and initiating this um, campaign and things. He didn't, mm. you know, it was in his head. Mm -hmm. And... Up to that point, I loved the book. Yes. It, as you said, it was a nice, happy, gentle read yeah. right up until that. Yeah. And then that just slaps you in the face. And I was just stumped. I yes. just could not get past this. I thought, Mike, Mike, what are you doing? I thought, why would you put this in the book? It was so nice. It would have ended beautifully. She would have come to England and they would have had a great time. Yes. And then it's like she doesn't exist. And... Well, she did exist. She had passed well, away. Yeah. Yeah. And I just, I just felt so heavy. I thought, Herbert, I just felt, I guess, sad for Herbert yes. that he really was alone mm. in the world. Mm. But in actual fact, he wasn't because he did have a community of friends around him yes. at that point. But I just thought, why would you put this in? It was such a nice <laughs> novel. <laughs> And then he might turn it into reality. Yes. And, you know, I think for a lot of people, it this is where, you know, life is not always roses. No. That you, some kind of event can turn your life upside down. That's right. And this is what happened to Herbert. So, and I just thought, as a writer, why would you write a book like What is this? wrong with you, Mike? What is wrong? <laughs> It was such a nice book, and it would—I would have just closed it, and you know, like had a like nice, warm, just, fussy feeling. Yeah, I breathed in and thought, "Oh, that was beautiful." And then I put this book down now, and I was just angry. I was angry that this happened. I had a bit of—I like, was a bit depressed after reading that yes. part, and then I, I'm like, what, "What's going to happen now?" Now, so that that twist really, yeah. Blew me away. But then, at the end, it did have a bittersweet ending, which was quite nice. You it have to did. say that. 
But, I mean, I throughout it all, but I just didn't get past that. I just could not move past the fact that his daughter was dead. Mm. Because all through the book, she, you know, in Herbert's mind, she was alive. Yes, very full picture of her yeah. life and his life and the interactions that they had every week when she called him to check in yeah. on him. Yeah. So there, there is a, um, a lovely line at the end of the book, which I'd like to read. And it goes, to continue living wasn't a betrayal of Joyce, of Rose, of David. So that's his wife and children of any of the life that had led him to this moment. In fact, to choose to continue living was to honour the memory of those he had loved and lost, a celebration of the life that they had once shared. So Herbert really struggled with living after, you know, losing his wife and daughter mm-hmm. and son in reality. Mm. And But... In the end, he chose to, I guess, continue with life. He made that that first initial step to engage with his neighbour, which was difficult for him. Yes. But it ultimately, you know, opened doors that made his life better. Yes. So, out of ten, what would you give this book? <gasps> oh, nine and a half, just because of the plot twist. Really? I yes. Yeah. I mean, I really like the book, and I would certainly read more by Mike Gale. Yes. He does seem to be a, a um, comedic, light-hearted yeah. writer, and you get that feel from this book, except for at, towards the end. Yeah. Um, so, I, yeah. But that plot twist just killed it for me. What would you give it out of ten, then? Four. Oh, no! It's not worth a four. It's worth more than I that. just could not get past it. You finished it though. I finished it, but I was just angry at the end. Oh my gosh! <laughs> but then, as you you just read out the the reason he continued to live. Like, no, I just couldn't get past. I oh just thought, gosh. why would you do that? It was such a beautiful book. Well, maybe we should read another of Mike's books and see if he redeems himself in the next one. Yeah, maybe. But if he does. Oh, another plot twist like that I won't be reading any more of him <laughs> oh, I mean yes I thought the book was beautifully written yes. the characters well are, developed yeah well developed yes. it's a light read and you know certainly yeah the characters were great mm-hmm. I loved it yes just not that not, not the twist that kind of killed it for me but it, in a way it's to kind of um, put rose coloured glasses on the whole thing um he had spent the last five years with um his daughter passed away and having the conversations with her in his mind but then there could have been a trigger in in there somehow for him to have that i need to get out and socialize i need to expand my horizons instead of living my life watching tv with my cat every day so there could have been something internally that made him have that prompt of his daughter coming over in yeah. his mind. Yeah. Yeah. You have to think of how he died. He was died. Oh, I shouldn't say. That's another spoiler. Yeah. He, he with people who really valued and loved him towards the end. That is true. And I guess with most books, you can, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't have these plot twists like this (laughs) that just changed the whole direction of the book so I think yeah I still cannot get over it 
I was just angry after I finished. I was angry at the author for doing it. As I've said, and Amber uh, mentioned as well after you had finished the book and came to work, how is that different from the normal books that you read? Because you read a lot of scanty crime, which is quite, I wouldn't say violent, but it's not a dancing through meadows type scenario that you're reading about how how does that how are those books different to to um what happened in this book i think for part of it was i in in part you know i've lost a a close family member suddenly Mm. and i know how that felt Mm. and i guess knowing that is i didn't want to I didn't want to be reminded of it in in some way. So oh, okay. on that level, it was just too real for me, I think. Oh, I'm with you now. Okay. Yeah. Yes, because she did die quite suddenly. Yeah, it was an accident. So yes, yes it was very unexpected. Mm. Yeah. I think that was it. But I just couldn't... And I suppose most books have, you know, a beginning and end... middle and end that just flows nicely through Mm. and this one you know you kind of hit a brick wall at 80 percent through the book and then you have to pick yourself up and start again as you finish the book Mm. i did like it and didn't like it if that makes sense (laughs) i thought it was well written yes Um, a very good writer mike i can say that yeah and i would read his work again Maybe we should read his the book that became a bestseller as the next one. We could. We could do that. What's it called again? Yeah, so his bestseller was Half a World Away. So we didn't read that one. We didn't read his bestseller. But he, yeah, has written quite a few books. Yeah. So it might be worth reading some more. Oh, he's written quite a lot. He's a good writer. So do you want to move on from that? Do you have anything else to say? I don't have anything else to say because you've covered what I would have said. Okay. About the book. About the book. Yeah. <laughs> Although I don't, it didn't um, hit me as much as what it hit you. Although I knew that it was going to hit you. Yeah. And more than what it would me. Yeah, I had yes. no... It was just so unexpected. Yes, that's why I didn't say anything <laughs> about it after I finished it and handed it to you. Nothing, and it killed me. Yeah. Because I knew what you were going to face. Yeah, well, moving on. Okay, so this is our very first <laughs> podcast after Christmas, New Year, summer periods. We're, we're um, recording this in the middle of February. So we've had all of that time to read. Um, so do you have any yeah, audiobooks actually, or re- I've read recommendations? Quite or? a few books, um, surprisingly. So I, I do go through waves of reading and not reading. Yes. Um, but since the beginning of the year, I have read quite a few books. And the one that has really stood out for me was called Heimat. Um, a German Family Album by Nora Krug, K-R-U-G. And I think I was reading some something else and this kind of popped up and mm-hmm. I thought, oh, I would like to have a look at that book. Mm-hmm. So, because it was talking about sort of family history, family history research, which I am interested in. 
So Nora is actually a German-American author and illustrator. Yes. So she would be about early 40s now. So she grew up in Germany. Yes. And what she talked about initially was at a young age she left and travelled. So travelling to other countries around the world, when she said that she was German, there was this association with Germany. Yes. Because of, I guess, what happened in World War yes. Two and with Hitler and the Nazis. Yes. That seemed to her um, taint all Germans. So people associated Germans with Nazis. Yes. Um, and so she actually, I guess, became to not resent, but um, become, tried not to say that she was German because she didn't want to be associated with that history mm. of Germany. Mm. So Nora starts to investigate her family and I guess she was trying to work out whether, you know, there were Nazis in her family. You know, what did they really do during the war? Yes. And, you know, she did go to archives, she did do research, she did talk to family members. Mm. And she put it together in such a unique way. So as an artist and illustrator, it's not a straight-out book. Oh. It, I wouldn't say it's a graphic novel. Yes. Because it does have her illustrations in it and text. Yes. But it's a combination of both. Oh, I like that. And she puts in photographs as well. And it's fantastic. I have never seen this kind of, um, I guess, history book being mm. produced before. And I thought it was fantastic. I absolutely loved it. It flowed so nicely mm. together. It really was a couple of years' works for her, you know, doing the research and then writing it. And, you know, the way she just explored her history, I thought was fantastic. And I'm, I would love to see more people sort of do their family history in this way. I think if it's presented yes. in this way, a lot more people would be interested That's in right. it. That's right, yeah. yeah. So Heimat, and I don't know if I'm pronouncing it correctly, is actually a German word and it doesn't have an English translation, but it kind of means home or homeland. Oh. So it's published as Heimat, but you can find it with the English translation as belonging. So she was, I guess, trying to work out where does she actually belong, you know, growing up in Germany and having lived the other half of her life in America. Mm. Um, she was trying to resolve some of those internal issues of, yeah, who she is. The history of where she came yeah. from. Yeah. And she didn't go back, you know, hundreds of years in her family research. It was really to her grandparents and great-grandparents and what they did during the war. Mm. And, yes, just to, I guess, find out for herself what her family had been involved in during that terrible time of World yeah. War Two. Oh, well, I might have to read it to s understand how she sat with whatever she yeah. found. Yeah, I thought it was a fantastic book. Really okay. good. Is there any other recommendations or is that the top one? Well, that, that's the one I loved. And um, 
Yes, I, I've branched out of my normal genre of Scandinavian crime and I've discovered, well, I mean, it wasn't lost, it was always there, but I'm now reading books on genealogy and crime. Can you believe that there is a whole... <laughs> there, there are authors who mix genealogy and crime and write them as novels. Interesting to find out how they do it. I know. <laughs> I thought it was fascinating. I had no idea that these type of books exist. Well. And, and it, you know, it's not just one author. That's the thing. I found multiple authors who have written quite a few books of yeah, genealogy and crime. And the one, in, in some ways they're similar, that they are kind of a series, that yes. they do have the same character. Investigator? And, yeah, yeah, investigator who goes through, you know, different stories. Right. So the one I've particularly taken a shine to has been Steve Robinson, and he's an American... Genealogist? Well, he's a writer, I don't know. He must have uh, he has be a have, genealogist yes. too. And he writes about a character, Jefferson Tate, and it's kind of like I described it as Indiana Jones <laughs> for the genealogical yeah. world. It's it's fascinating. It's really good. Are they real people or are they no. believe people? So he's made up all of yeah. their past family connections yeah. and things. Oh, that's interesting. And you know, for the history nerd in me, he talks about going to archives and doing research <laughs> and spending hours on the internet type of thing, which I could relate to. So Steve, I've really liked him. I've re read another one by Nathan Dylan Goodwin, who's an English writer. And his character is called Morton, Morton Farrier. And then there's another one, MJ Lee, who is also an English writer, and her character is Jane Sinclair. So most of them, you know, they're professional genealogists. People come to them to find out their family history and on this journey of uncovering secrets there's usually some kind of crime and murder Ooh, involved dark horse in the family yeah. hey but it's great i loved Ooh, it okay so i've read quite a few now and yeah i'm just gonna keep going oh you have to mention we have we might also um read one of those in our one of our future podcasts we could yes okay. so i have an admission to make that during Christmas and New Year, I did hardly any reading. <laughs> I did a lot of um, watching of Netflix. So if you would like a Netflix recommendation, <laughs> I can do that. Um, one of the reasons why I did hardly any reading was, as I've mentioned in another podcast, I have just moved into a newly built home. So I have a nice big um, patch of weeds and dirt at the back. And now there's a big hole at the front ready for a brand new garden. So I've been spending my time researching online and looking through our library collections, having a look to see um, for any advice about how to design a garden, what to put in there, how to set up a garden and that kind of thing. Yep. So I haven't had much luck because a lot of the books that we have um, online and on our shelves are very aspirational and they include yep. Um, very large gardens, very <laughs> fancy gardens, very fancy houses next to the gardens. Yeah. And let's just say a library wage doesn't um, preclude that kind of 
um, wealth in the garden that I'll have. Um, but I did find a book that my mum actually borrowed out to me um, by the local um, gardener who is on Gardening Australia for South Australia, Sophie Thompson. So she wrote a book a few years ago called From the Ground Up, yeah. um, which talks about how to establish a garden within South Australia. So how um, to work with our predominantly clay soils, how yeah. to get them nice and ready for plants and things. Yeah. And then she also includes um, mainly at the back of her book, um, some native plants which grow great in South Australia and some um, introduced plants which you can have in your garden which work well in South Australia. So it's been absolutely well received book in my family because... <laughs> now you've all read it. Now we've all read it. <laughs> it helps my parents form a nice lush garden and I'm hoping that it will do the same with me. Yes, oh. I keep referring to it and sitting there at night and just going through the pages of all the different types of trees and shrubs and bushes and, and things and going, oh, do I want a garden that focuses on attracting um, bees and yeah. insects or do I want a garden that focuses on producing cut flowers so I can give them to my family as gifts and things or That's true. Know, do I want scented plants or do I want non-scented plants? Or, there's yeah. a you, lot to think about there's a there? lot to think about and, and she has this great way of organising them so then you can pick your plants based on all those different things it's mm. been very clever on her part so I do recommend that book if like me yeah. you, you've recently built or you've recently moved in and you're wanting to um, add some plants or change up your garden um, I'd recommend this book, great advice hmm. yeah I might have to read it too yes there's a lot of copies on the system. I had a look at that this morning. There's yeah. none that we own, but oh. um, maybe we should purchase a copy or two. But, and, but Sophie's from Adelaide. Yes, she, she has a house in the Adelaide Hills. Okay. So she knows um, all of our water restriction, water use, yeah. water and drought conditions very well. But she probably has a big property, doesn't she? Yes, she does. <laughs> <laughs> don't let that, don't let that um, fool you into thinking that she's not down with the average garden. Yes, she does yeah. go to, out to different gardens on Gardening Australia. Oh, so she's on TV too. Yeah, she's on. She's one of the. Um, they're not reporters. I don't know what they're called. Presenters. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. So I have, to be honest, I haven't really <gasps> got into How gardening you? that much, but I would be interested to have a look at that book. I don't think I have anything else. I honestly do have Netflix recommendations if you'd like it. Yeah. Okay. Oh, spoiler alert, I did not like Bridgerton. Oh, well, I haven't watched that. I don't think it would be your cup of tea either. No, probably not. No. Um, like, I'm watching the Netflix. Yes. Uh, was it Superstore? Superstore? Oh, yeah. Is that a TV show or a movie? No, it's a TV, TV show, show, an American, very light-hearted comedy. Yes. Sort of in the vein of... Shit's Creek, or even like the Big Bang Theory type oh, of thing. Oh yeah, that's cool. So it, it's amusing. Okay. You know, very short episodes, and it's just nice to, you know, pass the time. Okay. Would you like me to give the Netflix recommendations? Yeah. Okay. Um, there's one, and it's a short series. It has two seasons called The Alienist, 
and it stars Dakota Fanning and Luke, someone Luke, I can't remember his name, but he was in Beauty and the Beast, He's the remake of that, he started as Gaston in that, Luke Evans. And it goes back into the late 1800s, early 1900s New York, and Dakota Fanning stars as um, the first woman who is in the New York Police Department, and they are involved in the very first um, inclusion of psychiatry and um, criminal profiling that police use nowadays to find um, killers. So that was oh. very interesting. You might actually like that, Dana. Actually, make it sound good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's very interesting. So that's one thing. And then I've also watched um, two modern uh, movie, uh, mo- modern movies, The Battle of the Sexes, which stars. Uh, it's about the the you know the judge the in America who recently passed away in her nineties. Oh yeah. yeah. About, it was about her early career and how she forged ahead with um, uh, equal rights um, and how she became prominent in um, the uh, justice system in America. That was very good. And yeah. then the trial of the Chicago Seven, which was about. Uh, anti-war protesters uh, around Vietnam War. So that, that's another good one. That's actually been nominated for some uh, Golden Globes because of the acting in that one. So that's, and that's a true story? Both of them are true stories. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I didn't... You, you can come and talk to me about why I don't like Bridgerton. <laughs> there you go. I've only known of one person that also didn't like it. Yeah, Everyone most else people loves say it. it's great. Yes. Yeah. Because it's sexy, that's why. Yeah, probably. Well, I've heard. I haven't watched. I'd like to read the books and see if they are better than the TV show. Okay. Yeah, there we go. If you have any recommendations for us to watch, listen or read, you can get in touch with us on our social media pages if you have a Google for um, Playford Library servers and we have our hot pink logos images on there so you can see which one is us. So that ends another episode of the Cardigan Files and stay tuned for next month. Yes, another Mm. Netflix recommendation. No, No, we might actually read something. That's right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, we better. Yeah, or or watch Canopy. Yes, I am watching something on Canopy, so I might mention that in the next one. Great. Okay. See you next time. Bye. Bye.